Behind the Law, the official podcast of West Tigers. Hello and welcome to uh, episode 16 of Behind the Raw, the official podcast of the West Tigers, where we give it to you straight, where we kick speculation into touch and we learn more about the people uh, and the stories behind this great club. Uh, West Tigers NRLW team commenced its pre-season training last week and so this week's guest on Behind the Raw is our inaugural NRLW coach. He enjoyed a wonderful NRL career um, playing 307 games over, I think, 15 or 16 seasons um, with six different clubs, making his first grade debut against, uh, for the Knights rather, uh, against Manly uh, way back in 2005. He played three seasons with Melbourne Storm, um, six seasons with Cronulla Sharks. He is a Clive Churchill medalist, uh, that was when the Storm won their maiden premiership in 1999. He hung the boots up um, after one season with the Bulldogs in 2010 or maybe 2011. Two seasons, Two seasons. with the Bulldogs. There you go. He's already jumping in and correcting <laughs> me. He played 10 State of Origin games for New South Wales. Uh, pull on the green and gold. Well, I don't know, 20, 22? Yeah, occasions. Fair to say he knows a thing or two about um, rugby league. He stepped into the role as interim coach of our NRL team uh, midway through last season. And he will, as I say, take charge of our NRLW team in its very first season, which begins in July. So it is a very warm welcome to Brett Kamali behind the raw. How are you, mate? Good, Chris. Yeah, we're nearly done, aren't we? Good intro? No, I was, well, I, you've got a lot of stats to your name. I was lucky, you know, lucky and, a, and a very appreciative that, you know, I'm still involved in rugby league, you know, it's a game as a young kid, uh, my passion started sitting on the hill at Newcastle Knights, at Marathon Stadium, watching the Henny Penny Newcastle Knights run out, I was 12 years of age, yep. uh, it was the biggest thing that happened to me wanting to play rugby league, me watching people from Lakes United, which was my club I was playing football yep. for, uh, or my area that I grew so up in. So you grew up where exactly? Up I grew there? up in Belmont. Belmont, so, yeah, Swansea, born Belmont. and raised in, in Belmont, yeah, which is where Lakes United play from. And yep. as I said, like, you know, Marathon Stadium on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, um, yeah, watch all the Sydney sides come up, you know. Was Blacksmith's Beach. Blacksmith's Beach, Caves, yeah. Caves yeah, Beach. Caves Beach, um, Swansea, Belmont, Nippers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We had the state yeah, champs up there yeah, quite champs. often. I wasn't very good. I was only uh, good on the on the sand, not in the water. Is that right? Yeah. Mate, <laughs> we've got um, loads to talk about. Um, talk about Origin, yeah. we'll talk about NRLW, talk about your your time in the game as well. Um, our Cubs and Raw squads last yeah. week were announced. That's really exciting. So we'll explain a bit yeah. more about um, how that happens. Um, let's just firstly talk about Friday night out there at Campbelltown Sports Stadium against the Raiders. The place was rocking. It came alive all of a sudden. We were down 18 yeah. block, came alive all of a sudden the last 15 minutes or so. We've gone bang, 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 Wooshka. Then Brooksy steps up and, and slots yeah. just a perfect one-pointer. We're in front, 1918. A few minutes remaining. We've got it won. It felt like we've got it <laughs> won. People around me, oh, I felt like man, there's still a few minutes to go. But yeah. heartbreak at the end and, and the way it ended. And, okay, look, sour grapes, yeah, maybe. The game's gone. We move on and we yeah. focus on Thursday's match against the Titans. But if we can just sort of wrap up what happened on Friday night. So the key incident was Isaiah Papali's charge down on Fogarty, deflected the kick, saved the drop goal, however, was then penalised for dangerous and charged for dangerous contact 
making legs, making contact with the legs of a kicker. So there's two schools of thought. Black and white, letter of the law, it's the correct ruling, penalty. You just can't touch the legs of a player kicking. However, the other side of the coin is, my God, I love seeing that last drop of fuel in the tank, a forward doing his bloody best to save the game for his teammates, doing whatever he can do to charge down that drop goal. As like Jack Gibson would say, played hard, done fine. That would have been a, a great play in the game. Is it now, though, you just can't do it? you got to say to the kicker, all right, almost have your shot. Well, I think, I think in a way it's become a lot more protected. Uh, being a former kicker, being a former player, it was probably on the other side of the fence. I look at it both ways, Chris, as you said. Like, there's a special effort from a player to, to get 10 metres up, to put kick pressure on. It, it did make him miss it because he was forced to kick it fast. Um, so Foggy, unfortunately, missed that shot at field goal. Um, Brooks, he did nail his ears when it got the 19 to 18. It was a great strike and a flow of points from from, from our club. But um, I see it both sides of the fence in some regard. I think the kickers have become protected and, and you know, some say protected species. I think once they kick the ball and that leg's yeah. off the ground, they're un, untouchable. Um, I also come from the other side of the fence where I was a player that missed 10 weeks through being charged down um, from kicking the ball. You missed, you missed 10 weeks. Missed 10 weeks uh, with medial. Uh, I've watched another player I was playing football with kick from dummy half. Barker dived. Instead yeah. of making contact with the ball, made contact with the plant leg, yeah. dislocated his knee, uh, goes off and has surgery and careers over within um, six months of returning from that injury. So I can see it from both sides of fence. I can see it from the player who kicks the ball and is unprotected and your legs get taken out to um, to yeah. then the, the special effort from a player 10 metres away, 15 metres away that can do it. So I think that, I think, you know, put pressure on, do whatever you can, but I think, what injury and outcomes can come from diving at someone's knees. Mm. And I'm probably more passionate that way because of being a kicker and you know that that's when the only time you're probably ever unprotected in the game of football. Yeah, so there you go. And that's why the rule is in yeah. place. So I, I get it. Um, however, you know, I would argue, okay, was ice going for the ball? Clearly had ice to charge the ball yeah. down. Nowhere near the legs at all, right? Was... The contact that he made with Fogarty's legs, was that dangerous? No, that's where I think we need to come in. I won't say it's common sense we've got to do because it comes back down to interpretation from every person that sits in the comment, in the in the bunker and makes those decisions. Well, once There's it gets no down to interpretation, then you are going to have different opinions. Yeah, that's right. Unless we have the same person doing that, that job every week. But mm. barely made contact with the lower side of his leg. Um, as you said, it come from trying to charge a kick down, the kick had gone, put him in minimal danger or no danger. Um but as you said, it's always black and white rule. Mm. I don't know. I, we are slowly and slowly, bit by bit by bit, changing the fabric of the game. For better or worse. For entertainment, is it? Well, I mean, throw that out there. <laughs> throw that out to you. You make your own decision. Yeah. I, I get it. Of course, yeah. I, get, I understand why the yeah. rule is there. But... Uh, Tell you what, there are a fair bo few boos for the referee at Campbelltown. Yeah, that's right. I would imagine. Yeah. And as you said, you know, from 18, nil, from 18 nil down to 19, 18 up to, as you said, the, the emotion, what football fans go through. Oh, it's um, a cruel game. Yeah. At times. Yeah. 
Isn't it? Mate, how this works, Noddy, uh, you'll hear the whistle blow. We'll kick yeah. off with an opening set of six questions. I mean, we all know Brett Kamali, don't we? <laughs> but let's find yeah. out some more about, cool. about you. Um, so I'll ask you six questions. We'll then uh, dive into a bit of nitty-gritty, talk more football, more NRLW, some origin stuff, um, lots of stuff there. Uh, we'll have got some questions from the crowd. Uh, quite a few have come in for you. All right, so we'll get through those. If you are sending questions from the crowd in, the best way to do it again is via Instagram. So just um, direct messages via Insta. Um, and also, I'll, I'll talking about socials as well, be sure to um, click on the bell icon and then you'll get all notifications so you'll never, ever uh, not know when the next episode of Behind the Raw is on. At the back end with about, see the clock up there? Yep. The old clock? Game forward. Yeah, about five pressure. to go. Game pressure. Game pressure. Game with about pressure. five to go. We'll rattle on with your favourite five, okay? And cool. then we'll, uh, we'll we'll call it call it job done. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's launch into the opening set of six, Noddy. Uh, there is the whistle. Yep. It's blown by referee David Manson. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it is your NRL debut playing for the Knights against Manly at Marathon Stadium. Uh, you come off the bench. Your halves are Andrew Johns and Matthew Johns. And your captain is Paul, uh, the Chief Harrigan. Tell us about your debut. Do you remember much about it? What did it mean for you as that little kid who watched yeah. them as a 12-year-old to play NRL? Yeah, it was amazing. As you said, you know, I'd, I'd played sort of uh, missed Harold Matthews for the Newcastle Knights, wasn't selected, made under-17s, uh, was lucky enough to win a scholarship, which allowed me to go and train on a Friday night with in the, with first grade. Um, so it was back in the old days, they used to, night training sessions, not day training sessions, but... Yeah, so yeah, I got to be around those people a little bit. And as you said, you know, Paul Harrigan was someone that come from Lakes United. Um, someone, ah, yeah, yeah. as a kid, I was ball boy. My brother and I, my dad coached in the local competition and the chief come through a lot of sides. My yeah. dad was coaching. So I reckon from the age of about five or six years, I'd watch Paul Harrigan play football coming through right? Lakes United, carrying the bucket up the sideline. With the sand? With the sand and, um, <laughs> and getting out there. And then as you said, you know, you know the brutality of watching the, the, the spud and the chief go at each other. Getting, you know, the sit, sitting there on the bench, jump off the bench, um, you know, get out there and, as you said, get to play that game. Um, I remember, I think, one of the very first games I played, which potentially could have been that game, I, I think I think we got booed off the field. Well, one of the games I did play at Marathon Stadium, V Manly, uh, whilst playing a few first-grade games or coming off the bench, there's some bad, bad experiences, but... Oh, it was a cauldron marathon. Oh, one, of my, one of my other first games I remember playing coming off the, the old bench... Bench bingo when you're sitting there, you know, playing reserve grade. I was, so basically played yeah. under 21s and reserve grade when my last year in high school. Um, and then basically went in and played two years of that reserve grade where you're always in and around being on the bench because there's only two fresh interchanges for the yeah. NRL. So yeah, one of the worst experiences I think I remember playing, it was against the Canberra Raiders when they had all the stars. And I, I felt like I was 75 kilos and tried to tackle everyone. And Ricky, Ricky Laurie, Mal push Mal. away. Clyde push away, Lazo push away, Brent Todd, no one then do, yeah, Ferner, you know, Heverington, all those blokes, Mullins, couldn't get anywhere near him. So Walters. Walters. Yeah. Great, great little breeding ground. I love coming, you know, I think Newcastle was a place where, you know, I had to play football with my brother, watched Andrew and Matthew through those lowest, yeah. those lower grades, learnt what they did, watch them at training, pick up little habits, wanted to be competitive. Uh, and, you know, I had some really good coaches. You know, I had Robert Finch as a coach. Uh, Robert Chu was a former Knights um, captain. I think he was a, See you up there, board yep. member at one stage, uh, and Peter Sharp. So um, you know, I had some really good lower grade coaches, and we won a reserve grade premiership there at the Knights. And 
sort of started a bit of that journey. What about that? Eh? So you end up playing with your your childhood idols there yeah. on your debut. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about um, your junior footy. Not like were you, were you a, when did you start playing? Were you clearly a, you know a very good player from young age? Uh, played soccer when I was younger. Uh, brother and I both played soccer when we were kids. Uh, through injuries through dad, obviously playing part, you know, country rugby league. And um, so I played a couple of years of soccer. My brother come home from, from so primary Brooksy, school. So did I think. Brooksy said he played yeah. soccer. Johnny Bateman yeah. played soccer. So my brother come home from primary school needing a note signed to play a grand final of a schoolboys knockout at, at night. Uh, and that was sort of the first introduction to can we play rugby league and are we allowed to play rugby league? Um, so two years of soccer. Uh, I played for Valentine Ellie Barter Juniors, which is a, a sub-junior club in in the Lakes or Lake Macquarie area, yeah. uh, and then went off and played um, 16s for the Lakes, first year of 18s for Lakes, and then uh, lucky enough to be graded. So, um, yeah, pretty lucky. I, As I said, I I'm, I'm played all 12s, 13s, 14s for the Newcastle, uh, and obviously the first opportunity to play for the Newcastle Knights was in that Harold Matthews team, which I was... Which was under what back then? Under 15s. Yes. Uh, under 15s. Yeah, um, yeah wasn't wasn't selected to make the squad, so... Uh, Do you know, I think way back before your time, so in my time, yeah. I reckon it was under 14s, Harold Matz. Yeah. Or even 13s. Now it's changed. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was probably like what it is now. But yeah, that was sort of the introduction. Well, now they've got beards. Now they've got beards. So yeah, so that yeah, was, you know, it was funny going to school on a Monday after playing footy on a weekend and being around some fir- you know, first graders or being on the bus and all that type of stuff. And Teachers something. asking you for autographs. Yeah. So no, it was good. It was great. Uh, t- great t- little area to grow up in. Tell us a, a bit more about your family then, your dad. So his roots, Tamworth? Yeah, well, Newcastle and, and, and Tamworth. So uh, played for Lakes United and West Newcastle. Uh, played for City, uh, sorry, played for Country. Uh, but, you know, um, and obviously played centre. They talked about him, you know, being a very good defensive centre. Mm. Um, you know, obviously uh, my brother was born in Tamworth. Dad went up to Tamworth uh, and was captain coach up there for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, which is great. I got to play there last year. Whilst doing the NRL role, we got to play at Scully Park. That's right, uh, yeah. yeah. Where, where all that was from. So that was a bit of a history lesson. Um, you know, and, you know, my dad spent a lot of time coaching my brother, but it, we're only two years apart from each other. So I always Just try to be two that, boys? Two boys. Yep. Um, so I try to be that younger brother, always hanging on, always coming around, always following. Annoying. And annoying. Mm. Um, touch football down the park. When it rained, you'd go down the park and there'd be 30 people turn up for a tackle. So your brother's game. a couple years older. What position was he? Is he? He was a half as well. Okay. He played halfback, I played halfback, and then lucky enough for us to be both graded at the same yeah. time. Um, and not, he played 5'8", and I played halfback when we got to play together for a couple of years. So Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, away from footy, not, and I know footy is, you know, it's a huge part of your life. Yeah. You wouldn't have it any other way, but away yeah. from footy, when you do get time, what does Noddy like to do? Yeah, as you said, I'm blessed. I'm still blessed to be involved in football. Uh, 13 years retired now, so um, gone pretty quick. Uh, multiple, multiple different roles. I've got four daughters, um, four beautiful daughters that keep you busy. Um, the eldest will be 22 this year and my youngest is 13 this year. So they grow um, they're growing up, they're adults. Well, two of them are adults. Youngest is 13. Youngest will be 13 this year, so just mm. gone off to high school. So uh, we have a Sam Kerr fan in the family, so one's a soccer fan. Um, they're just, le- they're league tragics as well, which is probably yeah. rubs off on them and they're around as often as I am. Um, we go and watch a lot of games. They, they were very supportive last year. As a family, when obviously you know you, s- you don't have a lot of personal time when you become no. the head coach and it's life-consuming, so um, they, my partner and my two older girls, 
were part of that decision last year to yeah. to go have the opportunity to be the head coach for the mm. for the twelve weeks it was I think or thirteen weeks because of how life consuming it was going to become. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Talk about um, it. My favourite thing outside of um, family and, and hanging out at home is probably is playing golf. I am a golf tragic. Oh, yeah. Um, grew up in Newcastle. Belmont Golf Club used to have an, the best amateur tournament come to start of the year. I remember riding my push bike down, caddying for four days, getting 20 bucks a day, <laughs> and then thinking that you're wealthy. Um, I played a bit of golf. My, my dad was left-handed. He played golf. So my bro- and my brother was left-handed, but I'm right-handed. You're so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty much when I've... Ending so of high school, their clubs. couldn't steal them. So I got to about the end of high school, and I started sort of playing golf, and then sort of um, would play more regularly at Belmont. And then obviously, you know, in football, in my day, we had every Wednesday off. Like it didn't change too much no. now with yeah. recovering day of the game. So train hard Tuesday and play golf Wednesday, and you know train Thursday and captains on Fridays. So. so what are you? What are you off? What are you hitting off? Do you think seven? Oh wow, you can play I'm off seven. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done it every year. Um, you know, I got lucky enough to... I went to Melbourne and didn't appreciate how good the golf courses wow. were. Um, really good bunch of, of mates. Uh, I think you can socialise in it. You can be competitive. Um, um, I studied it when I was at Canterbury. Um, Des brought a, a psychologist or a, professional, a positive mindset guy to the club yeah. when I was on the coaching staff. Yeah. And and once I'd heard that, I was like, I need to talk to you. need to you. him for your golf. I had, I've had some work with psychology. I've had golf lessons. I've had putting lessons. There's so much psychology in golf. Yeah, though, I know. Huh? I get yeah. the yips just on the yeah. backswing. Yeah. I know this is going in the this is going in the lake, and it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I went and played a tournament last year, like a, a six hole tournament against some pros and all that, and that was my mindset: don't shake, because there was galleries and everything. I was as nervous, I reckon, oh. as I've ever been, um, even yeah. before playing, you know, state of origins or Australia. I was just get you out of the comfort zone when you you're wow. in your own little area, but. Well, okay, so my next question, and this is quite a long set of six, and we're up to tackle five, yeah. question five. You've got three dinner guests. Yeah. Um, so I want one to be either a footy player or a coach. Yeah. Or a golfer. Yeah. Then we want an actor or an actress and a musician. Uh, I'll say Chris Anderson. Chris Anderson to dinner. Um, former football player. Hopes. Uh, um, hopes, yeah. yeah. Former golf buddy, uh, but certainly as a coach. Oh, he played golf too. Yeah, coach and a mentor. So you would have gone uh, on tours with. Yeah, yeah, went on tours with yeah. Chris. He was the coach of the Melbourne. All right, Storm. Chris Anderson's in. Chris Anderson's in. Uh, Guy Sebastian's in. Uh, oh, Guy Sebastian yeah. is yeah. the musician. Yeah. Love Guy and an actor Lucky or actress. Guy. Uh, uh, um, we'll put someone of my stature, Danny DeVito. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> So Guy Sebastian <laughs> yeah. singing Danny DeVito yeah. Yeah. and and Chris Anderson. Yeah. Gee, yeah. That's, that's a bunch. Yeah, that's a bunch, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And Chris Anderson, uh, would you – And are you a bit of a cook? I'm a better cook now. Much better cook now. What would be the go-to signature uh, dish then for Guy, Chris and um, I mean, who else? <laughs> Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We'll do – why don't, why don't you come over and cook for us then? You can be our chef. Yeah, I'm happy. I'll a couple come over. of bottles of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have some no, beers. Good as well. I, you know, I did a little roast for myself yeah. last night. Oh, very good. Just yeah. for me. But for you, roast for one. I normally do it when the kids are <laughs> yeah. with me. But yeah. Just for one. No, I don't mind. I don't mind cooking. You know, some good eye fillets and bits and pieces and um, seafood. I like. Well, Brooks, he's a bit of a cook. He tells me so. He tipped us into the um, the rump cap. The what? Rump cap. It's a cut of meat. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Try it out. Try it. He's a real. He likes. He's, he's doing a lot of TikTok stuff. I have to chat to him. Or I might have to watch it. Is he cooking on TikTok? He's learning a lot oh. of cooking on TikTok. So actually, he gave me a tip last week <laughs> about roast potatoes. Yeah. We were going to have a potato off. Yeah. Well, that roast I did last night, I peeled the potatoes the night before. Yeah. Sad this is, isn't it? You can tell I'm single, can't you? <laughs> I peeled the potatoes yeah. and put them in the fridge like Brooksy said. Yeah. How were they? Put them in last night. Boom. Sizzle, hot oil, very good baked potatoes. Did you give yourself like a pat on I'm the back tell, of a 10 out of No, 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Brooksy today. Player of the match, Chris Warren. Player of the match. Sputter of the match. Roast potato number one. Hey. Uh, little things in life. Right, who had the greatest influence on your career? Uh, I think it, think my, my father definitely. You know, as I said, my brother and I were, were always in and around football. Dad would come home from either walking greyhounds in the afternoon, which we had as kids. Oh, he coal, was a trainer, was he? He was a trainer, yeah, to be, you know, coal miner. So he'd always yeah. take us down to the park. Used to live, you know, near the back of the bush. So he'd take us for swamp runs and bits and pieces and go do gym and all that. So uh, I'd say, you know, he, yeah. he, he guided us and, and made us train hard as young kids and, and bits and pieces. So as a player, I'd say, um, you know, certainly my dad and knowing that he was a footy player and being in and around football and guided that way. And I think as a coach, um, you know, obviously – I love the game. I felt like I always had a good knowledge of the game and probably coached when I was playing. But uh, a gentleman that's no longer with us, unfortunately, a bloke called Theo Burgess. He was our recruitment manager at the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Um, he's been a recruitment manager, was a recruitment manager for a long, long time. Uh, he was someone that always pushed me to want to coach or, or, or how to learn. And he was just a footy head, that, pretty honest bloke mm. um, that would tell you the truth. Mm. Uh, but was it was it just a footy head that I'd catch up with weekly? Um, and have some time and chat footy with him. So I think, you know, mm. it was sort of those two people, I think, have been really influential in, in, in probably what the decisions I've made. And mm. you know, I've had been lucky enough to have some great support around me. And you've had so many coaches too over, over your career. All right, well, that is a fairly long set of six. Yeah. It's taken us a fair while to get from yeah, we, the red we, zone up. We, yeah, I would, we're in front. We're just trying to slow the clock down. We're playing with the clock. Right Do you reckon I, they've got game sense anymore? Some halves, Ooh, good halves too. Yeah. Some good halves too. <laughs> Let's. Uh, that's the end of the set of six. Let's dive into some some of the the, the key issues. Yeah. The, you know, the, the nitty gritty. Brighton's lawyers are the lawyers you know and trust. If you require legal representation, then why look anywhere else? Call Brighton's lawyers on one 848 848 Brighton's lawyers. We do support you in your time of need. Um, just talking about. Yeah, again, last Friday they lost it to the Raiders. Yeah. Heartbreaking loss. Brooksy and Wakey really seem to be, and Brooksy's playing some great footy at the moment, but both of them seem to be sort of freed up and, and playing with a lot more confidence. That's right, yeah. And, and as you said, you know, the, the decision the club made to, to bring Benji and Tim and, and Robbie back and Dave Fern, obviously not part of that 05 sort of club, but mm. play a bit more footy, um, minimal, I think, you know, minimal minimalising what was probably overcoached over in a period of time. The mm. game's fast, play off the back of a quick play of the ball, be really skillful. Mm. Um, we saw, you know, being around here, you get to see a lot of that training habits in the off-season. Um, you know, and then as you said, I think they've got a good combination going. Um, it's taken time, right? And and yeah. it has taken time yeah. for those combinations to gel and and learning more about how Appy plays. Yeah, that's right. And Jareem has added a bit of an extra d- yeah. dynamic as well. That's right, yeah. And I think, you know, you've got to play with people for a fair period of time. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, inconsistency from young kids as well, you know. Yeah. 
Brennan's, you know, I think that they say you've got to roughly play about 50 to 100 games before you can have consistent form and understand it. So, mm. yeah, you know, I think I feel a bit sorry for Brooksy. You know, he's probably the most uh, criticised person in the game. Um, yeah. You know, um, he you know, does some good things, doesn't get a pat on the back, does bad things, and certainly yeah. it's always his fault. So, uh, they yeah. had a great game. and Great learned. game. He's obviously a very resilient human being. He's enjoying playing football. He's playing a good yep. style of football. And a again, smile on his face. Put a smile on his face. Yeah. The game can... Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know... I think wear you down. Wear you down and, and make you not want to make a mistake and not go out there and play. But I think, you know, as you said at the moment, it looks like he's... He's in a good space and he's enjoying football. And, mm. you know, and that way then he's starting to express and show us his skills. Yeah. That, that field goal was flushed. Oh, mate. Yeah. Under all <laughs> sorts of pressure. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. 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 Do it in my sleep. Yeah. 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 No, he's, 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 he's quite a talent and it's it's good to see. He's got a you know, smile on his face yeah. and a spring in his step. Mate, coaching seemed like um, a natural step for you post-retirement. You were an assistant coach at the Dogs after you yeah. retired there. Yeah. Uh, then you worked alongside David Furniture That's down right, in yeah. Canberra, which I'd totally forgotten about that until I started doing all my research. Yeah. So you worked alongside um, Fernsey at Canberra for a couple of seasons. Um, when did you sort of find yourself gravitating towards coaching? Was it as your retirement as a player approached? Uh, no, I think, I, as you said, I probably loved, loved understanding game plans, loved understanding um, what decisions certain people do. Um, Probably as a half, you coach a lot on the field, um, and then as you said, like I played with some of the, I played with a lot of different coaches, and they've all done it in different ways. Mm. You know, played under you know Wayne, Ricky, Bellamy. Um, There's a few names. You know, a couple of a uh, couple of good ones there. Gus. Um, yeah. I nearly went, nearly went with Mr. with our coach once or twice in the past as well. But um, no, nah, I, I think you know. Um, Obviously, verge, you know, on the verge of going into retirement, I was thinking about what life is after football. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to probably get two great opportunities when I did retire. One was to go and work in the media. Yep. Um, so I was lucky enough to be presented an opportunity to go and work and call games for Fox Sports. And then you enjoy that. So you say you're calling for Fox for quite a while. Yeah, you're doing for Fox. work with SCN. You're doing work with Channel yeah. 7. And then uh, and then obviously got the opportunity to be the Harbs coach at Canterbury for the whole club and a bit of an ambassador. So it was a bit of an introduction. Uh, Des Hasler come in 2012, and that was eye-opening to learn off a premiership coach and... And then it probably convinced me a bit more that I wanted to stay in the game. I uh, went with Canberra Raiders, as you said, as the NRL defensive coach. Mm. That was different to be as an attacking player to then mm. go and think about how to be a defensive coach. That was really, really good eye opening. I uh, worked with Dave for a period of time, which was outstanding. Got to learn a lot from, um, you know, from a, a career coach. I say, yeah, um, someone who had played. Uh, I played Test football with Dave actually, so um, went on a, a tour, a tour with him. And what was Fernsey like to, Fernsey? to tour with? We can't say that. You know, when they say what goes on tour, stays on tour. <laughs> no, he was a good man. He was a very good man. But, um, yeah, so he created a good David friendship. David wouldn't put a foot um, wrong. He's a clean cut, clean cut wholesome guy. sort of very, guy. Very nice gentleman. Um, but, yeah, and then obviously I come back and coached here. I coached the Holden Cup here in 2015. Yes. Um, and then just sort of disappeared for a little bit when did some park football. Um, and then obviously went through, mm. you know, life, something that was challenging for life. And, and my mm. first and only job was pretty much to become a dad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you're you're a damn good dad too. Yeah. Um, stepping in as interim coach yeah. last year, right? Tough gig. Yeah. Tough gig. You were asked to do it. You put your hand up, and you took it. Yeah. You took it in your stride. Really difficult year for the team and the club. Can I ask you, Noddy? Was it? 
what you expected it would be and what would you have taken out of that? What have you taken out of that that you think will now help you in your current role as head coach of the NRLW? Yeah, it was certainly difficult. Um, you know, I'd sort of disappeared from football, started 2017 and then um, so two years ago, about two years from now, Matt Betsy and I both decided to apply for a Pathways role and we both were employed by the club um, and then obviously I did a little bit of work with them over the summer, um, but it wasn't in and around it every day. So I was trying to remember things from, I was coaching our Harvey Norman women's side last year at that time and was approached. So I understand what, what my beliefs are and how I coach and what you do and style of football. But, um, you know, then to be asked, as you said, to, to do, you know, step down from all other roles and take over as the NRL head coach was a, in my mind, it was an opportunity that was too good to say no. It was something I've always wanted to do. Um, I, th- I think you just, you take it on and, and, and learn and, and do the best you can at it. Um, I was trying to remember a lot of things I'd, I'd learned from all my journey mm. through that coaching, what happens and how you do stuff. So uh, I've learned, I learned a lot. Uh, it was difficult. It was challenging. Uh, probably broke me a bit at the end. Mm. Um, you know, I think after the last round, it was, you know, just emotionally mm. um, draining. Um, and obviously, you know, it was, probably wasn't as successful as I thought we'd like to be. Uh, I thought we had a chance to win um out probably five five or six games um you know we obviously had the great success against the broncos but um you know i thought we should have beat para we had para and penrith two back-to-back games we had that we were a chance and we're leading them both of them to Mm. to win obviously the cowboys was the drama um after full time um the dragons uh probably should have been another victory um potentially newcastle campbelltown should have been another victory um so that was learning curves about how close you are in a game, but also the thing that happens and, and matters is the result of 80-minute mm. mark. So, uh, And two really, really bad performances against the Warriors when they returned home and against the Sydney Roosters. So yeah, I got to learn it and see it all pretty quickly in a, in a small time frame. So uh, I think what I've taken away from Yeah, better it, for the experience. Much better for the experience. Um, you know, I think relationships is really important with your players, um, getting their trust, getting to know how they operate and, and what they do, having a style of footy, so having a bit of a DNA that you you stand for. Mm. Um, so players know style of footy, what's expected, uh, individually get better, uh, get them connected to, to a group and work, got to work mm. bloody hard. Um, mm. and, and in the end, you hope you get a bit of luck as well. So, yeah, I, I would, I think I'd love to go back to it, but I'm not in a rush to go back to it. I'm happy to do more apprenticeship mm. and more learning. And, you know, mm. being our inaugural coach, um, we had a camp on the weekend, actually, which, you know, which is really good for us all to come together uh, and learn some things and understand that you're playing professional rugby league now, not park football anymore. Yeah. Um, but I spoke to the girls uh, about how much of a, a history I've got with the similar thing, which, you know, I get to take over as our coach, our inaugural coach, which is something that Chris Anderson did effectively a part of the Melbourne Storm. Uh, mm. And I was a player at part of the Melbourne Storm. So, you know, I understand what an inaugural team looks like, how it can be history defining, how it can change your life, yeah. uh, and, and and share that with all our players on the weekend. So, you know, I think it's really important that you're open and honest. Well, there's only ever w- one first ever yeah. season, right? Yeah. yeah. And and your name will be the head coach, and these ladies that you've yeah. assembled, yeah. Uh, there's 28 of them all up now with the four development players, right? Um, 24 on the on the roster. The, yeah top 24 squad so you, you went away for the weekend a, a few clubs did that at the weekend was yours under undercover 
it's top secret. Because no. I know the Dragons went bush somewhere and no. I was talking to Jamie Sauer, yeah. their coach, on the weekend. Wouldn't reveal the location. No, I'm happy to say that we went into camp together. We did Get a, me out of in, here. I'm a celebrity. In, in, induction day. Uh, yeah. Lots of information. Obviously, everyone... It was all good then. So it's the last yeah, week was yeah. week one yeah. of your pre-season training. What did that week look like then? Yeah, we trained Monday, Tuesday, Friday um, and went into camp Because most of them all got jobs, right? Yes, that's right. Um, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. is our training time. So obviously, you, you know, um, you get the... Th- be planned and they come here in the afternoon and train. Uh, I wanted them to watch Origin. Um, a lot of the girls went to the Origin on Thursday out at Combank. Obviously, yep. we had two of our ladies playing in Kezi and Salah playing for the Blues, but um, I wanted them to watch Origin. Um, you know, it's a showpiece event for rugby league players, I think. Um, and I think, obviously, you know, there's certain reasons why we wanted them to watch it um, on, on, on what we believe in themes of our week. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was good. Yeah, so it was great. So uh, effectively, we'll train four days a week. Um, hopefully having a trial about week five of the off-season, yeah. seven-week off-season and nine-round competition. So, so here at the Centre of Excellence, we've got the, we've got the big kitchen and, and yeah. all the facilities. So I imagine that four-hour block, you can do a whole lot yeah. of stuff, right? You can do field, you can do yes. gym, you can do dinner, you can yeah, do right. yeah. meetings. Family, family day on Saturday, so we'll be uh, in all good. the families um, train here on Saturday. They can watch yeah. us train and be a part of it. And as you said, then get to know each other. And, yeah. Um, you know, I you've been around with football a long, long, long time. I think, you know, Good people, um, people that get on well, people that know each other, camaraderie, friendship. I think that has an input into what happens on a got to because you're in field. each other's pockets. You've yeah. got to get yeah. on, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so Kezi, you mentioned Kezi Apps. Um, she started out there yeah. today, actually, in the community department. Um, just had a quick chat to her. She's going to jump on the podcast yeah. in the coming weeks. Uh, Sarah Togatuki. Yeah. So they both played New South Wales Women's Origin. You've got other girls in there. Um, Botil Vetti Welsh, Rakia Horn. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of young girls in there. A lot of girls in the 24, 28 squad that have already come through our pathways yeah. teams and a lot of local juniors. That was done for a reason, right? Very true, yeah. You know, we've had a lot of ladies that have played, you know, come through our pathway systems. We've had Harvey Norman here for four years. Um, local juniors, grown up in the area, um, have gone off and played potentially NRLW somewhere else because we didn't obviously have a team um, or are now at that opportunity in their own development that they're ready to play and our role football. So really, really important that we create, you know, a bit of pride in where we come from and, and who they are. Mm. Uh, and then obviously the players, as you mentioned, we we went out and, and selectively recruited were the ones that we thought added leadership, um, have played in NRLW before, um, understand the experience of it and, and know what it takes to play it. So really first week I've noticed that there's been a, you know, you, the players we, we recruited and the senior players in some regards because of leadership, you can tell they got those leadership qualities. So, Instantly, I feel like they've been right decisions. Um, three of our four development players, again, um, are our own young players. Yep. Uh, and again, you know, the, the, the part of that is obviously we want to be having a really strong program now, but also we want to make sure we can maintain a really long program for a long period of time. So, um, you know, we've got, as you said, the raw program you mentioned before and the Cubs program, obviously whatever we do for the men, we now do for the women. So Lisa Fiala, Tasha Gale, Harvey Norman, mm. and then NRLW. So... Really long line of um, hopefully female players coming through this great club. So your role in that Cubs of the Raw programs, yeah. so that's all of our best yeah. Yeah. young talent yeah. stepping away from that may have been in Harold Matthews, preparing them for for ball. Yeah. Likewise for flag, and the same is mirrored on the on the women's side. Yep. Yeah, yep. so that's right. Yeah, so there's 14s and 16s as well. Um, yep. Below that as well, um, as you said, Belmain, Western, Macarthur. So we carry yep. a large catchment. Um, you know. 
It's a big we, net, we cast get, it wide. Yeah, that's right. So we get to play games together. As you said, we we, we try and bring in the people we recognise as the our you know elite players, um, our better players, give them training programs, give them games. Um, you know, I think the big thing for what I'm trying to say for the ladies players, for, the big thing I think for these ladies is, um, you know, you play a Harvey Norman competition that probably goes for five months a year, and the rest of the time they maybe go back to the park football, don't train. Mm. They've just got to become 12 months a year training now. Yep. Um, and it takes time. Yep. Get bigger, get stronger, get faster, get more skillful yep. and and be patient with that. And again, that's what, you know. Um, oh, and they are like, you know, women's origin the other yeah. night. I was looking at the physiques of these girls and the skill level. Yep. It's just going year on year. Yep. It's getting better and better and better. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting to see. As you said, 10 teams now. So mm. uh, that's, you know, the... Four new expansion teams. Um, obviously, get to play against them. Um, so it all begins. Uh, I think July twenty two. We play yeah. the Eels, don't we? At Combank. Yes. Combank. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, we, so we play a couple of double headers at women's venues, and we play yeah. a couple of double headers before obviously NRL, uh, NRL which um, yeah, which is really really exciting. Um, you know, my role overseeing all these Cubs programs, and my role here at the club outside of our NRLW coach is pathways coaching manager. So mm. I assist all our junior coaches. Uh, we have a great connection with, you know, what the senior club want to be able to do in the style of footy they play and the yep. connection. So you know, Benji was one of our players that come through a Cubs program. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and went on that journey. So yeah, we just, you know, we try and bring them together. Preparation yeah. for Howard Matthews, preparation for SG ball, preparation for Jersey flag. Um, and then hopefully we can hand them over to, to the senior football. Talon De Silva is one of those ones that was named last week that has obviously you know, come through our yep. junior systems and part of our Cubs program. I think um, Justin Matamua came just, through last yeah. season. The Cubs right. went to tour New, New Zealand, Zealand with yeah. the Cubs. So that's how it all works, yeah, right? Yeah. And you talk about Benji there. And I remember when I first started here a year or more ago, mm. uh, Benji was down there doing some drills with yeah. some of these Cubs. So he was a Cub himself. Yeah, so. He was a Cub himself, yeah. Wow. So, as you said, so yeah. So, you know, and that's, you know, the big thing is we want to be able to, you know, through our pathways, you know, have success in our pathways, both yeah. men and women, but also, you know, at least effectively hand them over to the senior coaches and say, here, in good shape. they're in good shape. They're ready to go. So. Can I ask you on NRLW front, um, let me rattle, rattle through some of this, but how competitive will we be in year one, do you think? I'd like to think we will be very competitive. Yeah, obviously there's four new um, new teams, which obviously you know have to start from scratch. Uh, um, there's four teams that make the semifinals. It's a 10-team competition. Um, yeah, I'd like to think touch wood that we will train extremely hard, get well-connected, get lucky with minimal injuries. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to think we'll go great. Um, you know, I think we're not going in this competition to play poor and uh, and and be the easy beats. I think you know we're going to certainly have a fight. Well, as I said, we'll have a style of football. Um, we'll, we'll like to think that we can get competitive and nice and you know compete and tough. And as you said, Chris, the expansion of the women's game is is going through the roof. Mm. Uh, you know, we we recognise that. Um, I was took my family to um, the State of Origin the other night, and just a lot of Probably young female fans now starting to watch the game. They'll want to play the game. Well, it was brilliant at Parramatta Stadium, yeah. Combank Stadium for Women's yeah. Origin. I was there. You were out there too. And then the girls stayed back. Not just girls. Young yeah. boys and girls yeah. stayed back for an hour after full time. Yeah. All the girls were happily signing autographs, yeah. doing selfies. I mean, brilliant. And that's, I think, the big thing we will push as a club is that we want our, our players. I know you can be disappointed if you get beat or things happen again. Yeah. Is actually, you know, go over and talk to the fans. And, and you know, these guys will become... You know, role models for young fans, or as you said, there in inaugural mm. clubs. So it's very important that we, we, you know, we play hard. Um, we obviously respect our fans that turn up, and and, and we're good people. Mm. Uh, just still on Origin, um, 
Appy, just brilliant in Origin 1 for the Blues yeah. in a beaten team and did so, so well backing up for us. I think I think I read a stat or saw a stat. He did about 40 Ks last week. 40 Ks across both yeah. both camps. How are you back? Did you ever have to back up? Yes, uh, yeah, occasionally, yeah. 48 uh, hour backup? Um, yeah, I think it was, I always thought it was better backing up early after the game. Mm. Um, you know, Wednesday's Origin, you know, and then obviously, as you said, come back and play Friday. I think by Sunday, you're pretty sore and, and weary by then. So uh, he was great. You know, as you said, yeah. he was outstanding. Got to play 80 minutes, which, you know, he, he loves probably. Um, yeah. And I thought Liam Martin was great for New South Wales. I was lucky enough to be in Adelaide commentating from the end. Yeah. With, with, with SEN, give him a With plug. SEN, yeah. yeah. But Good mob. The bloody give it a work there. First 10 minutes, last 15 minutes, cost us too good. Sounds like last week. Sounds like Friday night at Campbelltown <laughs> Sports Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nathan Cleary's injury then. It looks like he's, you know, Buckley's to play Origin 2 and, yeah. and probably maybe even out. I don't know yet. He's been ruled are. out for the whole series. A lot. whole there series, yeah. So, torn so Nico then. comes in, you, you would have thought. I think so, yeah. I, th- I thought Jerome Luai was one of New South Wales' better players. Um, we lose as a combination uh, with his halfback, but Nico Hines has been in the camp. Uh, Does that affect the Penrith contingent in any way? No, I think... At the selection table? Yeah, no. I, not, you know, Freddie's... It's going to be interesting what the coach does, and the coach can make any decision he wants. Um, whether he's... He goes, as you said, a few changes to, to make sure we get that origin two on the line. Um, and or... Um, he, he picks and sticks and stays loyal. Uh, just on the women's origin, again, so, so Kezi and, and Sulla yeah. from West Tigers yeah. playing for the Blues. Um, Sarah, Sulla. Yeah, she's pretty tough. Um, it's part, probably part of the reasons why we ended up recruiting her was watching North Sydney play West Tigers and Harvey Norman and watched how happy she was to run into the defensive line and rip so in and carry some speed. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then after having conversations with her, um, a very proud Western Sydney girl, um, and gets to come and play back here. So yeah, one of our will be one of our leaders. Because you're not a big girl, but plays above a, a weight, real, yeah. real strong, real physical. We thought you could come and meet him a bit on Fridays when we do a bit of tackling and all that. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. I'm still recovering from the, from the Achilles okay. yeah, yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mate. So you, you've touched on four daughters. Yeah. Um, do you think? Being a dad with four girls helps equip you for the role as the NRLW coach in any way? I think it does help in some regards. Yeah, as I said before, it's about having, you know, understanding them and those relationships. Um, probably definitely feel that, you know, men and women, you know, there's different ways of coaching them. Uh, it's still playing rugby league. It's still teaching the basics and all that. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, probably a different way, not handling it, but being around a lot more. Um, I, I think it hopefully helps. Um, I like to think there's a, an understanding of connection. Um, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, the ones I'd met last year, or as you said, we started training this week, you know, what I've got to do is, you know, mm. earn their trust, create their life, a good relationship with them, um, understand why we do stuff and, and what the outcome are we're trying to achieve. So that's a big thing I learned from probably coaching them a bit last year is um, they want to learn. Um, you got to make sure that, you don't change what you say continuously because they do remember what you do say. Um, I was, I think How do you have to adjust sort of, okay, and I've seen yeah. you actually in the change room yeah. last year when, uh, where were we, when you were coaching the NRLW before you yeah. stepped into NRL. 
different culture, different manners, different language, different mindset. Yeah. Um, do you have to make some adjustments? You know, the way you might speak yeah. to the boys yeah. would be different the way you speak to the... Yeah, I don't think I'm a yeller and a screamer too much anyway. Uh, no. If you've got to yell and scream and carry on and swear a lot, you probably... The message is not going to go into anyone, no. whether it is a, a male program or a female program. So yeah, I think that's... that's. But sometimes you can get a little bit colourful with language. Yeah, like sometimes you can get frustrated. Um, yeah. Sometimes they don't follow instructions or... or, or and it doesn't matter whether want. it's a... A male yeah, or a female yeah, player, so, right? Or your own daughter, you've let their discipline go and you yell at them because you, you know, haven't cleaned their room for a week and all those things. So uh, yeah. I've learned some very good lessons off different coaches and, and, and different people that I've listened to present about. And all, you know, a lot of coaching, you know, has to do with discipline. Um, and, and then you're yelling and screaming comes from your own probably frustration or, or, or lack of not having that discipline and not good at discipline at home. Um, mm. I feel like I'm probably better with the football team, but, um, yeah, I think I've learned different things about, you know, what to do and how to control things. So I'm um, looking forward to it. You know, again, if we, for our role as coaches or coaching staff, uh, everyone that's, you know, working with NRLW, we've got to create a really good environment for them. We've got to make sure it's enjoyable for them to come. They train hard. They rip into each other. They're honest with each other. Uh, if the teammates are letting each other down, then they they feel like they can chip them and say, hey, it's not good enough. Mm. Um Mate, you've had you've had some wonderful moments in in your career, yeah. um, and you know, on and off the field. But you've also, as we know, endured tragedy and and heartbreak. Um, and I can't begin to imagine how you coped mm. when you lost your wife Shani and your daughter's mum, yeah, um, to brain brain cancer in twenty seventeen. I don't know how you got through that. None of us probably can imagine how hard that was and still must be hard. I imagine you're still grieving, but you you found the strength to carry on. How um, how supportive during that time and still today was the rugby league community? Uh, very supportive. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have a really close-knit group of friends. Um, probably, you know, very protective as a player that you don't – not very public um, and bits and pieces. So – um, family were very supportive, obviously living in Sydney, all family are in Newcastle. Um, so we've sort of been on our own for the whole time anyway. Um, as you said, um, four young children. Um, my my two older girls become adults overnight and, and yeah. had to grow up and my two younger ones, you know, but the, you know, the four of them unfortunately will never have a mother. Um, you know, they're resilient, they're amazing, they're strong. Um, you know, I as you said, I went through a career that was extremely successful and high, but also went through some, probably some of the darkest days as a footy player. So a lot of the lessons I learned with resilience and life probably happened in football, not got me through it, but it helped me get there. Had some great people around me. Um, you know, we, we will celebrate around very soon called, you know, Benny's for brain cancer. Brown um, you know, Mark Hughes reached out, um, men of league reached out. Um, you know, the great thing about this, our game is that, People care about each other. Um, they put their arm around you. As I said, my 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 priority was to become a dad and drop everything overnight. Um, you know, I spent a couple of years out away from football, um, focusing on that. Um, you know, and then obviously I've been here for two years now. But you know, mm. as they've got older, as we've got life back on track, um, been able to go off and and come back into football land, which is something that I'm looking forward to. But yeah, it was um, you know a situation that football can never prepare you for anything like that. Um, mm. Yeah, it was, it was extremely difficult. So I say to people, I'm in a very good place now. Uh, you know, we 
I've got a beautiful house in Cronulla, four, four daughters that have grown up a bit. Uh, I have a lovely partner now um, who've been together for a little while and, and obviously, um, you know, we'll never, ever, ever replace their mother, but um, no. at least, they, you know, they've got someone also they can talk to. Like we, we, we've worked together in, in media and around the game for a while and, you know, you're always full of energy. You're always enthusiastic, spring in your step, upbeat. And we, I've never even had the chat to you yeah. about Shani, you know, yeah. probably, and that's my own vulnerability or I didn't want to raise a subject that might upset you, but you've, you've dealt with it. You, you, how long do, does, the, does the grieving stop? No, I don't think it ever stops. No, um, you know, I think as I said, you know, the, the the things that my children have got to go through and what they'll never be allowed to have is, you know, always unfair. Mm. Um, you know, I think you, you know, I I try and appreciate the good times. Um, I'm probably a more open person. Uh, I try to have more fun. Um, I try and live each day. Um, probably express my words a bit better. Um, share some emotions a bit better. Um, and and you know, not not that you change, but I, I don't know. I just I look at life a lot different. differently. Um, mm. You know, and obviously I was I had the I was supported by a, a partner. Um, I was a dad for four children, but you know my job was to go out and play football, um, do pickups and drop offs effectively. You know, and then and they had a mum that stayed at home and supported mm. and did all that running around. I was always a, a home family person. Um, I didn't go out a lot, and mm. you know, in bits and pieces. Um, which I think a lot of the connection comes from when I needed help, you know, a few, a few mums or partners of my friends, you know, you're able to go and have conversations with them. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's when you're in places like that, mates and community yeah, and, and I, this community yeah, is so important. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, you know, even I was involved with West Hill at that time and even that football club and that community, mm their support so i think you, you know the game gives you meet so many great people and good you know people in the game different relationships create trust work for organizations as you said like um you know matt calendar was going through all his family was going through exactly the same thing at the same time uh which is why this finish for brain cancer round has started um you know they'll, they'll hopefully one day find a cure for it and and, and less people have to go through the disaster that, that you know that people have gone through um the marquisfoundation.com.au, you, you want to learn or want to support, you can, you can um, make donations because June is beanie month as well. So you might even have your own beanie event, do whatever you can to support it. Um, if you were to give a bit of advice, if there's anyone who has suffered a loss like you have, that's, that is grieving, what would one bit of advice be, do you reckon? Yeah, I... I I don't know. It'd be hard to say one one piece of advice. You know, I I probably bottled a lot of things up and and never went mm. and spoke about it as well. So that's probably the male type of things where talk we're too proud it. and do talk all that. It. So uh, I certainly think talking about it. You know, even though I'm saying that, but probably I'm not going to go out and, and and do it. But I have spoke about it to some levels. Um, mm. But yeah, I the reason why I why I had to basically um, continue to move forward and wake up. I I, I had to try and again be a leader for our family and 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 by me going i went, made a decision to go back to work reasonably quick but i had to make a decision to go back to work reasonably quick so I, so my kids would go back to school mm. um and they'd try and feel like that there's there, you know, it's a not there is get some normality normal. back you mm. know so that was a, one of the big decisions i made very 
quickly, you know, that that was a decision I made to go back to work and, and I'm happy to share my emotions, be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, and which when you're a player, you're so closed book, you don't show any emotion, you don't tell people how you feel. You know, you've got cliche. And you're built to be tough, aren't you? You're yeah. built to be resilient. Yeah. You're built to yeah. be tough, you not, know. Not yeah. meant to show that you're broken. So, um, mm. yeah. So I think, you know, I, the lessons that I've learned, um, probably, you know, different ways of handling it. I don't know whether you either get it right or, or wrong too often. But, um, you know, as I said, like, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got good people around me now. Lucky to have a great role. Um, a great family. Um, mm. You know, and, and you know, and, and hope, you know, hopefully that nothing bad ever happens again. Yeah. But in the real world, probably, unfortunately, it might. Mate, you're an inspiration. Like, I, as I said before, I, I can't imagine what you've been through, how you've come out the other side. But um, you're an example for, for a yeah. lot of people, mate. Uh, and as you said, I had different mates that come and rallied for different reasons, you know, whether it was come and play this tournament just to keep your mind off it, whether yeah. it was let's, let's try and get the get down three handicaps better by the end of summer. Just people just, well, you've been working on your goal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> yeah. But you know, it was, yeah, it was you know, a very difficult time. Absolutely. The Mark Hughes foundation.com.au. So uh, beanies for brain cancer round yeah. is round 18. Go to the website if you can um, support um, the Mark Hughes foundation. Brighton's lawyers are the lawyers, you know, and trust. If you require legal representation, then why look anywhere else? Call Bryden's Lawyers on 1800 848 848. Bryden's Lawyers, we do support you in your time of need. Nod, righto. I have got a few questions from the crowd for you. Okay, they have come through. This one, uh, Noddy, questions from the crowd, Nod. So from Thomas Rast, I think it is. Who is our official NRLW captain? Is this have been an official announcement already, or no, no? There'll be will be an official announcement coming. So, um, do, you, do you want to scoop it on behind the raw? Or no, there's a couple of the senior players that you probably expect. Um, might be more than one. Okay, who knows? You know, there will be. All right, Tom, you, watch you, this space, yeah. Thomas. Thank you so, for that question. Um, Donna Hanley. It looks like uh, clubs, including West Tigers, are now starting to go for female staff. What have your thoughts? Well, we have got a lot of a lot of female staff yeah, here. Sorry, I think yeah. it's probably split 50-50. Yeah. Well, there might well, be more yeah, ladies. Well, Jess Bygate, we've employed, I think, in November last year to come on and become the, the effectively run all the women's program for us. So an outstanding job. Outstanding job. job. Um, Did she ask you to say that? Former professional basketball player and bits and pieces. So, yeah. And uh, my assistant coach, um, Tiana, is a, obviously a female. And yes. And has come through our Harvard Norman system. Uh, and look. Tasha Taylor, um, she's a, one of our development coaches for NRLW, uh, as she had been our um, Tasha Gale coach. Uh, Jess Schwartz looking after the Pathways yeah. teams, um, yeah. and that's just in Pathways that's, that's and, right. yeah. and NRLW. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of women's staff, yeah. uh, and well, everyone. Yeah, does a great job too. Um, Probably know a few regardless. young ladies that want to be running the ball boy and sandboy on the sideline. Well, they can't as be well. ball boys or be ball, ball girls. Ball girls, yeah. Come on, get it right. Get it right. <laughs> get it right. Um, Ellie, Ellie says, uh, "How are you feeling for the 2023 season?" Well, can't wait. You're on excited that. for it. Uh, we, we'll train extremely hard. We'll have a great crack at it, and hopefully, um, make all West Tigers fans proud. Izzy Woods has asked, "What is one thing you would say to the younger generation who might want to become professional players?" Um, 
practice, play as many sports as you can, have a crack at it. Um, I think the biggest thing is the tackle is probably the, the thing that's different from playing tag, tag league, touch and all those other things. But yeah, come and try it. Make sure it's safe and have a crack at it. Sophie, uh, geese or guys, uh, do you ever wish to coach a men's NRL team in the future? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I love the game. Um, I know it can burn you. You've got to be successful. I'm in no rush to do it. I know you should do a long apprenticeship. Uh, have thoughts of wanting to go to England and coach. Well, don't leave just yet. No, no, no we, not we, now. We've got some business I, I, to be yet. done here. I, I want to be a very successful uh, NRW coach. I want to create a great program. I want to make this a successful program for did a long, play, long time. You didn't play over there, did you? No, no. but um, yeah, yeah, a few I, tours I over there. A few tours, yeah, a lot of tours. A um, couple of World yeah. Club challenges. One World Club Challenge. Storm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, but I think, um, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, not referencing our club, but I think what, what Penrith have done for the last few years has been creating a very successful pathways program and yep. and develop and success at the top. So I'd are, love are, that. Are we mirroring that or modelling? Is our model based on what Penrith have done or similar? Oh, I don't know if Bits it's based on the same, but no. I think obviously having a big investment from the board um, to say we are a development club, we'll go Cubs and we'll go Raw and we'll develop our players. We'll show them that they can play together as they come through the ranks and want to stay a West Tiger player. So um, yeah, I'd love to think this. I'm here for a long while and this program can be extremely successeful. All right, they are the questions from the crowds. A few more in there. I haven't been able to go through all of them because we are running a little bit short of time. Just uh, DM us on Insta. Insta is West Tigers BTR. And again, uh, if you are on YouTube, be sure to um, just click on, you know, the bell button. That way you get all the notifications, right? Now, where are we? Righto, we are now, um, there's the clock. We're into the final five. Five minutes to go before full time. A couple of quick play balls. Get the left post, right foot field goal. Well, left foot for Brooksy. Left foot, yeah, Brooksy, yeah. We'll go to the right it post. It never looked like missing, did it? Nah. No. He can slot him, L Brooks. Mm. Hey, listen, before we do the favourite five, yeah. can we just, just chew the fat a little bit about Thursday night, Gold Coast Titans? Yeah. So they are, well, an up and down team. Yeah. They can score points. They can concede points. Um, Over the past six weeks, I think we have been really tight defensively. Yeah. Yes, very And true. we've held yeah. the ball more. Yeah. Simple. It's a simple game. We just don't sometimes play, we, don't, we don't play it too well, and sometimes we overcomplicate it. No. What's the secret to beating? They got us in round one. Yeah. What's probably a couple of important things going into the Titans game to win? Yeah. Well, I think the important part, you know, we saw the other week, um, the sixty-six points had lots of energy, lots of support, lots of excitement from West Tigers. We probably didn't see that till the seventieth minute at Campbelltown on the weekend. How do you flick the switch? What happens in a game? Well, so you're right. We're, yeah, we're, we hadn't scored a point. Hadn't scored a point. Looked a bit, a bit clunky. Not sort of there. Then one one good thing happens. I think players are very much like goldfish. You have got very short term memory, but it's creating the energy, getting out there, come up with a good opportunity. Um, the Titans are obviously strong forward pack will be the key because they start very strong. Yeah. Um, Kieran Foran, I don't know whether he's in and in and around or AJ Brimson. They're obviously two massive ins or players for the Titans, but. Um, I think you've got to match the forward pack. You've got to be physical. Um, you've got to play some football. You've got to have all that energy. And as you said, they've got better completion rate, a lot better defensively uh, in getting the game. So I reckon if you can bottle where does that energy come from and show highlights of this is the moments for that game and this is the last nine minutes of Campbelltown the other week, that's how you got to start. Give a credit to Fernsey too. And you, yeah. you know David uh, very well, right? Um, he's our defensive coach. Yeah. 
I and and I think anyone that was at Campbelltown Sports Stadium would have been sharing my frustration and the way they were getting extra deck time, Canberra, or holding us up and just spoiling the ruck yeah. without being penalised. It just gets so frustrating. And when you look at the stats back, and I had a chat to Fernsey out there actually yeah. earlier, I said I haven't seen all the stats, but I, I reckon I could guarantee that Canberra had almost half a second per play on average better yeah, deck yeah. time on us. And he said, you're pretty much spot on. gets really frustrating. If we can win that ruck in defence, explain how just that extra half a second, not half a second, yeah. even a quarter, of, yeah. can be so important when it all adds up. Yeah, well, the whole idea in attack is you're trying to move the defensive line around, get a mathematical mismatch if you can. Um, if they have everyone still in their line, then you've got to rely on getting play the ball speed. So you're attacking going forward whilst they're still going backwards or, or as I say, sitting in the chair or not able to come forward. So... Yeah, the, the more they slow it down, which they did very well, it means the more they get two markers, they get back, they get their space right, they get set, and they move forward. So very, very hard to score tries against organised defensive An lines. Organised def yeah. A defensive line that is set, yeah. has had time to get set, yeah. and even harder when they're probably on their own goal line, set, yeah. very hard to break them down. You get extra people when you're on the try line because the fullback's in the line, and, and generally there's you. one marker and all that type of stuff, so... Yeah, it's very, very hard inside the 10 to, to score tries on slow play the balls when they're set and they're rushing up. So so because opportunities are limited, i.e. when defensive lines are not set, yes, you got to go. you got to play footy whenever you create momentum. you so got to see that and play footy. Play footy. And if you if you create half a line break or someone can break a tackle and get a that quick play ball, snowball. footy should create more footy. And you play off the back of that. So you have your structures, you'll have your points of field you're trying to get to, but... Effectively, throw that out the window, and when and when you win a play the ball, yeah, simple game, simple game, and then hey, kick we to should the, go the, coach. kick to the corner. <laughs> Good discipline. Don't be, don't, don't, don't um give dumb penalties away. We should go into coaching. Oh, you are. Oh, I'm a coach too. You're a coach too. Under fifteen. How are they going this year? Uh, we're going okay. We're going okay. But we got... last year was a bit chirpy, wasn't no, it? <laughs> no, no, no. They took us out of gold division because we were getting tailed up. We lost a few players. Uh. But with our full team, we'd compete in gold. Yeah. But it put us down to silver and we're, we're winning quite comfortably. But no, back to, it's not about me, this. Back to what my point was, my point was, it's so important winning that ruck. Yeah. Not once, not yeah. twice, but every tackle in every set. That's right, yeah. Because and it snowballs. It snowballs. Then, and then you get frustrated because you're not able to get play the balls. And, and then, then you, you drop balls and then you force a pass. And then you where don't you get your kick away yeah. from, the transitions yeah. where they're collecting yeah. the ball. Yeah. Game of inches. Simple game. Simple game. And, and effectively also, we did see a couple of tries come sets in a row the other day, but effectively a, scoring a try should come off the back of a 5, 10, 15-minute process where you're winning that field position. You're slowly bouncing the off an upright. Yeah, bouncing off an upright. Well, they're the lucky ones, aren't they? Twice. Twice. Not carrying the ball over. Luck. I'm always mindful of when it gets to semi-final and teams that score lots of tries off kicks won't score lots of tries off kicks in semi-finals or grand finals. More intensity. More urgency. Yeah. So you've got to carry the ball over to be a, a good attacking side. Righto. Nod, Wado, Nod, Wado. Uh, there it is. There is the clock. Let's go back to that. F uh, favorite five. Um, as a kid, your favorite player growing up? Um, Tugger Coleman. I was a South Sydney oh, fan. Oh, Craig. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. My, I was a South Sydney fan. Hey, how does that work out? You grew up. Well, up, new, the Knights come to comp when I was 12 years of age. So you're talking about kid, kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, young kid. Yeah. Craig Coleman, uh, South Sydney, knee football, Craig Kamali. Nickname Laurie Spina, Roosters fan. 
Wow. It was on South first Roosters in the lounge room. At wow. Come on. There you go. <laughs> Your best career moment. Grand final. By an absolute mile. 99. Greatest thing I achieved in my career. 99. Yeah. 1999. Um, down at half time, bad feeling. Come back in, play some footy. Craig Smith. Craig Smith. Uh, right wing. Right Right winger. Tackled high by Jamie Ainsco. Ainsco. Penalty try conceded. Kick in front of the goalposts. Fly home on our own plane, sit in the cockpit with the captain, having oh. a beer, uh, medal on. How good's life? Couple of days in Melbourne for a little um, wow. little party. Oh, wow. Jimmy Ainsco, he played yeah. a couple of seasons with years, West Magpies. 25 years, I think it is, for the Melbourne Storm this year, and 25 years of that premiership will be next year. So right. hopefully a, a good reunion again. Well, yes, maybe so. Your best ever performance as a player, you think? Oh, well, would it be that yeah. same? No, no, probably not. I would play well, like but the first half. Yeah, first half, we would probably, you know, it's a game, probably come from behind and be there. Uh, uh, I had a great rivalry against Joey, uh, obviously being a half that moved away from Newcastle, both played halves, were in and out of teams together, or he got picked and I never got picked, him being the better player. So I think uh, a game for Cronulla, effectively, I think we, we um, absolutely flogged Newcastle at um, Shark Park and, um, yeah, no, 10 out of 10 performance effectively. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, all right, this is sort of three questions in one. Favourite movie, favourite music, and favourite holiday destination? Blues Brothers. Movie? Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Uh, favourite music? Um, uh, Who was in that? Um yeah. Yeah. yeah, car chase. The, the, the yeah, music then. Uh, Ed Sheeran, um, type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to his concert? Yes. You got. To, I bet you didn't pay for him, did you? Of course, I paid for him. Did you? I have to pay for everything these days. Did you take the girls. <laughs> uh, yes, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I'm not really, as I said, I probably don't go to too many of them, but no. I want to now. Yeah, Elton, I went to Elton John a couple of years ago at a comeback. It was unbelievable. So I've been. Yeah. I've been to two yeah. concerts. What's our right. third? What's the third? Um, holiday destination. Boy George was the oh, first. Oh, holiday destination. Um, where do we want to go? We'll go. We'll go somewhere in Europe. I love the Gold Coast. I'm, I'm, a, sim- I'm a simple guy. Well, we're going on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I know. We're there Thursday. Yeah, okay, we're training. Give me some golf courses. Give me good, great weather. Um, well, oh, well, restaurants. I'm up there. Yeah. I'll send you some postcards. Thanks, buddy. I'll send you some <laughs> postcards from Seabus Super yeah, Stadium. Yeah. Noddy, Can you, I'm here. Oh, uh, get the. Oh, can you send me to um, Bamboogle then? Raw Pines, is it? What, what's yeah, Raw Pines. There's plenty. Of, oh, send me to Bamboogle. We'll play golf for a couple of days. Okay. And I'll send you postcards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, and one final one. Favourite five. 16 years, six clubs. You've played all over the joint. Yeah. Favourite ground? Um. Do you want some think music? Uh, Old Trafford. Really? Theatre of Dreams. When would you... Oh, well, you've played test well, matches there. Test matches there. And did you play your World um, Club Challenge? World Club Unbelievable. World Cup victory. Just the yeah. awe of the stadium. You, you know, you yeah. meet the meet the, the Queen as, because it's a yeah. showpiece event. Um, the history of the place. Theatre uh, of I Dreams. Think, yeah, Field of Dreams. I'd say top of, top of stadium, but people wouldn't remember it. Tottenham? Top, no. 
Top of the table. Home of the Hunter Mariners. Second best team in oh, the world. There you go. There you go. There you go. The Hunter Mariners. The Hunter Mariners. Uh, so, yeah. Western no, Reds lasted a bit longer, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. I, I played in some amazing fields. Like Suncorp for, for you know, Origin is the best venue to go. And Where'd the Adelaide Rams play? Yeah. What was their stadium called? Adelaide, they played it? No, Hyde Marsh. That's it? Marsh. Nathan. Nathan. Nathan Stadium. Jason. Nod, um, thanks very much for coming, mate. I love, love having a chat with you. It's Isn't it's. Yeah, we've covered some area. Um, yeah. Good luck with the NRLW season uh, and with your, your role, continued role in, in Pathways as well. If you want to support the NRLW team, you can get an NRLW membership, by the yeah. way. Um, there's also our Women's Champions donor group. Just check it out, Google it, or go onto our website and search Women's Champions. And there's loads of ways you can uh, play an active role. And beanies for brain cancer, don't forget to go to the markhughesfoundation.com.au if you'd like to support that cause as well. Mate, thanks again. Um, we will do it all again next week. Um, Dean Hallitow will be our guest in next week's Behind the Raw. Until then, you know what to do. Show your stripes. Behind the Raw, the official podcast of West Tigers.